Well, it is an honor to bring you uh, the Word of God each week. And uh, I appreciate uh, even this morning some of your comments, uh, just, you know, uh, saying thank you uh, for bringing the Word each week. And, you know, that's one of, I, I, I count that a tremendous privilege to be able to preach, to be able to honor God's Word and uh, to do that. We have been on a journey this fall reading through the book of Genesis. And I've been encouraging you individually and as families to be reading through the book of Genesis. And when you complete, uh, you made it all the way through, we want you to sign our board. I want everyone to turn around. We have a couple maybe new signatures today, but there are such a small percentage of you have read through uh, or have signed our board. And we want you, once you do complete reading through Genesis, to sign, and then we're going to put the uh, glass back in at the end of the series and put it up on the board. We've got about a month left, okay? Uh, so you don't have to hurry and hustle through Genesis this week, but we want to make sure you're on track. And uh, we believe that as you read God's Word, it will speak to you in ways uh, be even beyond what's happening on Sunday mornings. And, uh, and so we, we just want to highlight God's Word in that way, and uh, we want to do that together. We just thought it would be exciting uh, to do that. So we've been talking about Genesis, or looking at the stories of Genesis and uh, we've said that Genesis is a book of stories, one story after the next, of God's people, uh, and really starting in creation, and then Adam and Eve, and, and working through. And uh, last week, we talked about Abraham. And, uh, and it's interesting, Abraham, and, uh, and his exchange with Isaac up on the mountain, and just how uh, Abraham was a, a man of action. He decided to follow God, and when God spoke, he listened. And Abraham, at six different times in the scripture, in Genesis, we see Abraham hearing from God and then moving on what God had said. And the challenge last week was for us to be people of decision, that we don't just stand uh, stagnant and, and we don't just uh, sit uh, idle and wait, but we need to be moving forward, taking steps of faith towards what God has called us to do. Now, it's interesting, and as we think about, we look back on, on Genesis and throughout the rest of Scripture, uh, it's often said that you know, the patriarchs or the lineage of, of, uh, of uh, the founding fathers of our faith, it's Abraham, Isaac, and who? And Jacob. And this morning, we're going to look at Jacob. But it's interesting, it's not Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, which it really could have been, should have been, but it's Jacob, and we're going to look at that for a second. But before we do, I was thinking about that and looking at Esau's life. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 12 with me for a second. Esau, you know, he was tricked out of his birthright. And if you're familiar with the story, if you've read through uh, this part of Genesis already, you know that Jacob tricked him out of his uh, birthright. But you know what's interesting is that God did not... Uh, condemn Jacob for that act. Instead, it was interesting that he, it was Esau who was at fault there. Um, this, is, this really was uh, interesting this week as I was studying. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 and 17. It says, See that no, none of you is sexually immoral or is godless. And then, can you imagine having your name here in Scripture? But it says, see that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau, 
who for a single meal sold his inheritance right his inheritance rights as the oldest sons. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. It's like, wow. And Esau was the one that was really at fault in that story. Now, what's interesting about Genesis, and as I've been reading through and asking God, and even just rereading the story of Jacob yesterday, um, my family was out of town. They went apple picking and then went down to Kalamazoo, and so I had the whole day to myself, which was not all bad. And, um, and I, I read through Genesis chapter 25 through Genesis 49, I believe it was, reading the story of Jacob is that I have been able each and every week to find myself in these stories. It's, it's like I can see myself in Jacob or in Isaac or in Abraham or in Adam and Eve, certainly. And uh, it's interesting, this week I pray that you will be able to relate to Jacob as well. Some of you will be able to see Jacob in maybe your spouse this morning, uh, maybe, your, uh, maybe in your kids or people at work, but I especially want you to see yourself in this story of Jacob. Now, if you are here this morning and you have no struggles in your life, you are dismissed at this point. Sit down. <laughs> because if you don't have any struggles, you're not going to relate to Jacob this morning. And, but what my hope is, is that we will be able to see our struggles in a brand new way. And, uh, and let God work on our hearts. You know, it's interesting about Jacob's life as you look at Genesis chapter 25 through 49, and that's a lengthy part of Scripture. But his life, Jacob's life, was d- defined by failure. Failed relationships. Fa- he failed with his family over and over. His plans kept on caving in over and over. He struggled through life But what is so amazing about Jacob's story is that at the end of his life, what was said about him? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. Let's look at this. This is in the faith chapter. We looked at Abraham's story here. You can see Isaac by faith. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regards to their future. But in verse 21, he makes it into the faith chapter uh, uh, the hall of faith, so to speak, and it says in verse 21, it says, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. His life was characterized by struggle, by failure, but he ended up a worshiper of God. What will he be known for for eternity? Was a worshiper of of God. As you study, and if you ever had the chance or wanted to, you can look up the story of Jacob in, in different um, uh, Bible dictionaries and, or in the back of your Bible. In the back of my Bible, for example, it has a graph uh, that, that shows Jacob's life like this, up and down, up and down, up and down, doing good, not doing so good, uh, highs and lows all throughout Jacob's life. But at the end, he was called a worshiper of God. And in spite of all of Jacob's weaknesses, he was chosen as an instrument of God. He would become a representation of God's people, 
his name would be changed. And I want to focus on the part of his story in Genesis chapter 32 that talks about God changing his name and what that means for us and how, how we can learn uh, the way that, that uh, Jacob responded in that story. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 32, and we are going to look at this story um, leading up to this story, uh, you know, of course, if you've read the story with me or if you were about to, I'm not going to, uh, uh, you know, spoil it too bad because uh, most of you went to some sort of Sunday school growing up. Um, so you know that Jacob stole the birthright from Esau. Uh, later, uh, a few years later, when, uh, when Isaac was about to die, uh, he stole Esau's blessing went in and uh, made a meal for his dad, and his dad didn't believe him until he smelled uh, Esau's clothes that Jacob was wearing, but he stole a blessing. After that, he was running. He was a fugitive running from Esau. Uh, a little later, Isaac uh, said, hey, Jacob, I don't want you to marry these Canaanite women. And so uh, Isaac arranged for him to go and to, uh, to his uncle Laban and uh, to find a wife. And certainly he did, Leah and Rachel, and the whole story there, the saga, the drama. And what was interesting is that the drama, uh, this, you know, working seven years to get Rachel, he got Leah. A week later, he gets uh, Rachel as his wife, and he has to work another seven years. But then the fighting and the bickering between those two ladies and then their maidservants, it is quite a story. Um, but all of this has happened um, uh, uh, Jacob, he struggles with Laban, and, uh, and as far as his wages are changed 10 times, it says in Scripture. And, and at this point, at 32, in chapter 32, the end of 32, Jacob is fleeing back or heading back to uh, Esau, back to his homeland. And he, is, uh, he is, has sent some gifts ahead of him hoping to kind of prepare the way so Esau wouldn't want revenge. And uh, so let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 32, starting in verse 21. It says, so, so Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in camp. Verse 22, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two maidservants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford at the, at the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So he sent over his family, he sent over all his possessions over this river. And now, verse 24, Jacob was left alone. Left alone, in solitude. A time to pray, uh, a time to be with God. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so his hip was wrenched, and, his, and he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men, and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. He wanted to know him more, but he replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the, the place Peniel, uh, saying, this, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose uh, above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon, the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because 
the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near that tendon. You say, what in the world was going on here? <laughs> uh, interesting story. Right in the middle of Jacob's life, he's heading back to his house. His life has already been characterized by many ups and many downs. And what's interesting about Jacob, as I studied Jacob this week, in the last couple weeks, is that Jacob was a capable, strong man. It, Jacob was used to doing things his own way. He was the, taking the situations into his own hands over and over. We see that from stealing the birthright to the blessing, uh, even uh, in uh, you know, taking Rachel and Leah. But at this point, God interrupts his life and says, I want to direct you, Jacob. I want to speak into your life. I want to bless you. But Jacob wasn't going to have it right away. He finds himself wrestling with God, so to speak. And God says, no more. Jacob was capable. He was strong. And, uh, and it says even in the scripture there that Jacob was winning and uh, having success. And so God touches his, his hip and throws his hip out of socket and says, look, if it's going to take me wounding you, I will do that to get your attention. God wanted to meet Jacob's needs in a powerful way. But what's interesting in this story is that before God would bless Jacob, he says, he says, what is your name? He says, he says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And then a man said, asked him, what is your name? Now, that is interesting because Jacob in his name, his name means deceiver. It means that he's a schemer, he's crafty. And in his name was his reputation, his reputation of many ups and downs and many more downs and up. And in order for Jacob to receive the blessing that God wanted at that moment, he had to be honest with who he was. He had to come face to face to be able to say, my name is Jacob, and all that was entitled or entailed with that. Now what's interesting is that Jacob had tried to live on his own, making things happen. And like I said, he was capable and, and he had much success. But you know what? God wanted more for Jacob. And God wants more for us. We may be capable in, in some right, but we don't have to do things on our own. We can acknowledge our past, even if there's been many ups and downs, and we can surrender like Jacob did. Because once Jacob, once Jacob surrendered, at that moment, he started to win even greater. And we will win if we will surrender. This morning, we may be wrestling things in our own lives, wrestling uh, over unanswered prayer, wrestling with God over character change that, that needs to happen in our lives. Maybe we've wrestled over habits that, uh, that we're struggling with or over the way that that we feel that God is wanting to manage our relationships and, and saying, boy, I, I'd like to be in control of this or that. Maybe we're wrestling over a decision that needs to be made in our lives, like we talked about last week with Abraham. 
And we, we all at times find ourselves like Jacob wrestling with God. But the question is, is not, are we strong enough to, to overcome? The question should be is, who is in control? Who is in control of your life? For Jacob, he had lived his life, he was a kind of a self-made man. But at this moment in his life, about halfway through his history, he had to come face to face with who he was. He had a Damascus Road type of experience with God as he wrestled with God all night long. And as he came face to face with God, he had to surrender in order to receive the blessing that was to come. Jacob had, God had many plans for Jacob to become the, the, uh, the father of the Israelites, to change his name, and he would have the namesake of all of God's people. But he couldn't do it on his own. And the fact is, is you can't go through life on your own either. You need God to help you. God did not create you to make it on your own. Jacob's life was full of ups and downs until he gave control to God. Jacob saw God face to face. And we need to see God face to face. You say, well, I'm not Jacob. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lead any of God's people or, you know, God's not going to name, you know, rename me or he's, you know, I'm just a student or I'm just, you know, I'm just a, a poor kid from Muskegon or I'm just this or that. You put in, you put in the, you fill in the blanks. But that is not what God's word says about you. If you go forward in, in scripture to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we are a chosen generation, the Bible says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people called by God. Each and every one of us has a plan and a purpose, no matter where you are in your journey. And we need to face God face to face and allow him to work in our lives. For Jacob, his name was changed to Israel, and he became, the, uh, he understood at that point that he was the father of all of God's people, representing God's people. But then Jacob said something in the story that is really powerful. In uh, Genesis chapter 32 there, after he says his name, he says, my name is Jacob, and his name will be changed to Israel, Jacob said, please tell me your name. He wanted to know this man more. He wanted to be face to face with him again and again. His focus shift for the first time in his life off of himself and onto God. And I want to challenge us this morning that wherever we are, no matter what kind of struggles we might be facing, no matter what kind of circumstances we found ourselves in, that we need to focus off of ourselves and we need to focus ourselves on God. That we are a chosen generation. We are God's people. But if we're going to move through life and be successful as God's people, it starts with surrendering, facing our past. What is your name? My name is Ben Vey, okay? You know, all that goes with that into surrender, to trust, 
to cast away doubt and fear. Stop covering things up. Confess. Say, this is who I am. And then allow God to move in. You don't do it on your own, but you trust in God that he will be the one that will bless you and bless your family. Because the result for Jacob is that ultimately, of course, he became a worshiper of God. That's what he's known for. But he fulfilled his purpose. And there was promise, there was prosperity that came along with all of these things. And so this morning, my challenge to myself and to you is, could we see our struggles in a brand new way? Could we see it in light of who God is? Of what God is doing in our lives? Could God interrupt us like he interrupted Jacob in the middle of the night, in the middle of your day? Could he interrupt us even this morning? And would we wrestle with him? Would we relinquish control and say, okay, God, you're in control. In all the chaos, you're in control. In all the hardship, you're in control. And I believe as we do that, as we come face to face with God, I believe in those moments, that's when God's hand comes down and he helps us through some of the most difficult times in our lives. And he wants to do that for you this morning. He wants to interrupt you this morning. He wants to wrestle until you relinquish control. Say, okay, God, I am yours. And then the prosperity, the promise, God's plan can continue for your life and for your family's life. And God is wanting to do that desperately. He's wanting to do that desperately for our church and, uh, and, and to position us and to help us. And, uh, and we have to surrender and say, okay, God, you are in control. I'm going to ask Mary and the worship team to come back. And uh, I want you to consider your life. Consider your, your dealings this last season. And consider your life in regards, in light of Jacob's story. Jacob was capable. He was strong. He did it his own way. And many of you here this morning are capable and strong and are determined. And there's a measure of success that you have achieved in your life on your own. You've made things happen. You've, you are, you are uh, capable. But God would say to you this morning that he would like control of your life. Yes, you are able, but he is wanting to come down and to intervene and to help you through your life. He's got great plans for you. Plans even beyond your wildest dreams. But we have to release control. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Uh, this morning as we, as you consider where you are today and what God may be speaking to your heart. I want to challenge you to be honest. 
like Jacob was. When the angel of God said, what is your name? Jacob had to be honest and to say, my name is Jacob, deceiver, schemer. The name Jacob carried all of his history, all of his past. And this morning, there are some here that are stuck in the past. Can't get beyond the hardship, the struggle that has been in your life. I just want to speak a word of encouragement that today, God wants to move you beyond that. He wants to move you forward. But I'm wondering, as you are here, if that's you, and you're saying, yep, that's me. I, I need to move beyond. I'm stuck where I am, and I've been wrestling with God. I've, I, I've been trying to control things on my own. Would you, in a moment of honesty, say, God, take over? Take over. I surrender. I surrender. I give up. I don't want to do it on my own anymore. But God, come and help me. God wants to move in your life. But he, he is a gentleman. And he will only come in if we ask him. So this morning, if you're here and you're struggling with your past, knowing that God has a plan for you, but struggling in that, the word for the morning is surrender. And God wants you to surrender, wants you to give up, give up your rights, give up your plans, and to trust him. Father, I pray right now for those of us that are in that circumstance, struggling with our past, struggling with our inconsistencies, struggling with uh, concern. Lord, perhaps we're struggling with unanswered prayer in our lives. We're struggling with your plans for a relationship. Maybe we're struggling in our lives in regards to your plan even for us. God, we stand before you today and we surrender. We say, Lord, it's in your hands. It's in your hands. I'm going to ask those of you that are in a, in a season of your life that you are up against a struggle and maybe like Jacob, you're wrestling with God, but you're ready to surrender and surrender to God's plan. I want you just to stand right where you are and uh, just to say, God, in this moment I surrender. I give up. I'm yours. look. We say, oh God, please forgive us. Forgive us, Lord.
great thing about the Holy Spirit is he can be dealing with just multiple issues. Things from just obedience in your daily walk with him to uh, more serious sin that may be in your lives. But you know what the great thing is? Is no matter what we, where we are, if we surrender, God, he picks us up right where we are and he helps us. And this morning, I want to pray for those that are standing and maybe others that would like to pray. And I, we're just going to open the altars. And if you're standing, I'm going to invite you forward. And then I'm going to ask the rest of you to stand. And we're going to worship the Lord here in these final moments. And if you want to come and pray with uh, one of these that, that have come forward, I want to encourage you to do that. Put your arm around them. And uh, let's move together. Let's worship the Lord. And at, let God move. Let God intervene. Let God interrupt us this morning. Come down in power and help us today. Let's all stand together, and if you would please come, and let's surround these here with with love and support, and let's pray together as we worship the Lord together. Thank you, Lord. All who are thirsty. Oh, God, help us, Lord, I pray. All who are Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, I pray. Touch us, God. Intervene, God. Oh, Lord, I pray. Surrender, God. Surrender, God. Surrender, God. Surrender, God. Oh, God, we give it to you, Lord. Be washed away. Praise you, Lord, God. Waves of his mercy. Thank you, God. Praise you. this morning. Interrupt us, Lord.
Father, if you could use a man full of struggles, full of failure, if you could use Jacob to be the father of your people, the Israelites, God, you can use us. You can use us in our schools and in our neighborhoods. Lord, you can use us in our families, God. And Lord, you desire to move and to have a control of our lives. And Lord, together we say, you are in control. Lord, we relinquish control to you this morning. And Lord, we ask that you would move on our behalves. Lord, that you would help us. Help us through our trouble. Help us through our circumstances. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And Lord, I pray that as we go, Lord, that we would be mindful that you are our provider. You are our help. You are our strength. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. God is wanting a relationship, deeper relationship than what we have offered or what we have made time for in our lives. I was talking with Jessica last night in bed before we were heading to bed. And uh, this last week is just kind of reflecting on, it's been a difficult week, and uh, some circumstances that, you know, arose, and just some things that we were dealing with, and in a moment of honesty with my wife, I said, man, I, I just feel dry, it's, it's like this week is just taking it all out of me, and I, I said last night, I said, I, I don't feel like I have anything to give, <laughs> And Jessica, in her loving way, 
it, then you're ready. <laughs> because it's not what God does in, through me. And she basically was preaching what I was going to say this morning, relinquishing control, letting God take control. I needed to hear that. There's a saying on uh, the radio, if you listen to Dave Ramsey, Someone, if he calls up and he often says, how you doing? And then they'll say, oh, I'm fine. And if they ask him, how is he doing? Uh, what is his response? Better than I deserve, right? And uh, go ahead and put that up on the, the screen. As we leave here today, I want us to have this mindset. And I don't know what Dave Ramsey you know, thinks about this mindset if, if, you know, from the financial way, but as I sat with what I was teaching this week, going to teach this morning, I thought, you know, our mindset has got to be that no matter what we're up against, we're better off than what we deserve. And what it does is just a, it's just a way of surrendering, saying, okay, uh, not my own. God's in control. And if I really got what I deserved, I, I, I'd be burned up. <laughs> I wouldn't even be here. And, uh, and so it, to me, it encouraged my heart. And I want us to leave this morning saying, okay, how are you doing? I'm better than I deserve. Only because God is in control. Only because I've relinquished control to a heavenly Father who loves and cares for me deeply. And he has my best interest in mind. So I'm going to pray for you this morning, and I want you to take that idea that you are better than you deserve and put a smile on your face and to face whatever you're facing with dignity, with respect, with integrity, and uh, let God move in your life and strengthen you in a powerful way. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your hand on our lives. Thank you for interrupting us this morning and letting the story of Jacob just challenge us. Even though we struggle, even though we uh, are full of inconsistencies and failure, Lord, you have a plan for us. You have a plan for me, God. And Lord, that plan is made perfect when I surrender, when I give up. And I relinquish control. So this morning, in this final moment together, Lord, I, I stand as the leader of this body and say, God, you're in control. And I challenge your people that they would surrender and echo that you are in control. And Lord, as we go through life, life Lord, let us be mindful that we're way better off than what we deserve. And it's only because of you working in our lives, you helping, you changing and challenging. And God, I just pray that you would just minister, continue to minister in our hearts.
want to stay and pray. Mary, I know you'd stay as long as anyone wants to. The altars are open. Find yourself here. If you want prayer, anointing, uh, to be anointed with oil, uh, we'd love to do so. If you could please refrain from talking until you get out in the lobby. Uh, this is a place of worship and a place of prayer. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. We love you.